Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. We are all busy people. And so for us to maybe stay ahead, get up on the latest news or aware of things that are going on around us, sometimes you and I have to revert to just reading headlines and maybe a quick story or a quick listen to something on the news or something that might uh, entertain us or help us to think. And you know, whenever we live our lives, which we have to many times because there's a lot of responsibilities, we only get part of the picture. We may use the headline or what someone briefly told us or what they thought they heard, but when we take time to read something or enter into the story more fully, many times the headline doesn't do justice. There's more depth to it. There's more to it. And then our understanding goes, wow, I never looked at it that way. Or that makes a lot more sense. Or gee, I I totally was wrong on that thing. I, I didn't realize there were more to it. So whenever we as Christians get an opportunity to do that, especially like this Sunday, with a familiar gospel that many of us have heard since a child, we know about the prodigal son. Many times we just know it's, well, it's about forgiveness. It's about how God always loves everyone. And you know, if we're bad and we we do anything wrong and we've sinned, we can always come back when we're ready. Yeah, that's kind of basically the story. And you know, there's more to it than that. And I want to kind of share that with you today of what's happening and what we can learn from today's gospel. First of all, let's remember that Luke chapter 15 here starts off with the Pharisees and scribes looking at Jesus and seeing people that they consider outside the law, who they would say tax collectors, who are definitely traitors and not well respected or loved, and people that they would say are sinners. And what they can't understand is why Jesus not only gives them the time of day, but he's willing to be with them and even eat with them. In that Jewish mindset, eating isn't just saying, oh, I got an extra sandwich, why don't you just have? The art of eating in the Jewish culture was one of giving dignity to the person that they become a family. The status is raised up. And to do that with people who really don't take God seriously or choose a different life or who aren't believing like we do, that's an affront to them. So there is really harsh judgment. So today, Jesus just doesn't say, oh, I think today I'm going to talk about forgiveness. That's why he responds with this parable today to address those who are there making a strong judgment against him and the people he chooses to be with. And again, we know it starts off with the story of a young boy. And so the young son then with a father who has two sons, the young son approaches him and says, you know what I've decided to do? You're dead to me, dad. You're dead. And I've decided now to get my inheritance now. So let's go through all these procedures here and be able to make this happen so that I can go and do what I want with my life. Now, this is humiliating for the father. In order for it to make legally sticking, he has to pretend with the community that it was his idea. That's a painful thing and real humiliation. And when he gets his stuff and leaves, word gets out through the community. Wow. Do you see what this young guy did to his father? That is horrible. Boy, one day if we ever get him alone, we're going to take care of him. So he decides to go out and spend the money on the Gentiles, which again makes the Jewish community there upset because that's bad to be able to waste money on that with certain Gentiles as well. That's, that's not good. Now, when the son gets to the point where everything's done, notice that he doesn't say, gee, I'm sorry. 
Gee, all the money's gone. Boy, I feel like a heel. What a jerk I've been. I think I better go make amends with my dad. That's not what happens at all. I'm starving here. I got to feed my face. What am I going to do? Well, I can at least go to my dad and say, don't even treat me as your son anymore. I feel bad that I've wasted everything and all, but maybe over time, what you pay me, I can at least pay a little bit back for your future. And so it's hunger, not repentance, that moves the young son to return to the father. And notice when he goes into the village, the community is there. The community is not happy. And they're going to take care of him. And for some reason, we see the father do something that no man in that ancient Mediterranean world ever does, especially an older man, run. That's a humiliation. Men of that stature do not do that because he sees his son in the midst of the community. And the reason most likely he runs is because the community is ready to let him have it. He humiliates himself again in front of the community. And rather than saying, son, I'll take your offer, and you're going to lose your title of sonship, he says, you're still my son. And the outward sign in front of the community is a public reconciliation. The boy doesn't deserve it. He didn't earn it. It was freely given by the father who loves him completely. And notice that the community is invited to celebrate in that entire reconciliation because he doesn't say, uh, let's kill the chicken just so that we can have good food. He doesn't say a little goat will be fine. That's enough for me and you, right? He kills the fatted calf so everyone can feed their faces. Huh? The community is invited to share with that family a son who was lost and did not lose his sonship. Now, you and I, I think, growing up, can really identify with the older son. It's not fair. That's not right. I've done everything I'm supposed to do, but let's take a look at what the older son didn't do right. First of all, when he saw that the younger son and father had a rift in the relationship, his role as the oldest son is to help that relationship. He does nothing. He is silent. He does nothing for the family. He just says, you know what? If he's dead to me, then I don't even have to talk to him ever again. He's out of my life. Good riddance. Get out of here. And so first of all, the older son says nothing about that. He won't restore that relationship as well. And then when he comes back, his role as the older brother during the celebration is to welcome people at the feast, to offer hospitality. He won't do that. And he humiliates his father by making it public in front of everyone. Son, let's go in private, let's handle this. No, let's talk about it right here and right now. And so he humiliates his father. And the reason is, is that he has a lot of hatred and build up toward his father because he's done everything well. His heart wasn't into it. That relationship with the father really wasn't that good. It was just out of convenience, out of law, out of, well, I've done it and you owe me. I put the time in, I've done everything you've asked me to do, and I, I should be paid right there. There's no loving relationship with his father at all. So before you go, poor guy, he's not that innocent either. A lot is happening. And Jesus tells the parable in a way to the people of that time and to you and me today at St. Patrick's. Where do we fit in? Where are we at our story? Because you and I enter that story 
at different times in our lives. And I think today is an invitation by Jesus in this gospel to allow us to reflect on ourselves, where are we in this parable? Because Jesus is saying, if the shoe fits, wear it. That's why he's giving this parable today. And so sometimes you and I can find ourselves like the Pharisees or scribes. Church can be so judgmental. The people in the pews can use language that really robs people of dignity. I've shared relationships with people who've told me front to my face and saying, you know what, people in death row should be just killed right away because they're just taking up money. They shouldn't be fed well at all. They're eating too well and all. I know personally what they eat and I think it's just too good for them what they've done. Other people say, you know, we have too many foreigners here. There's too many people doing things like that. They're just taking our money and they cause and bring things, you know. There's such a harsh judgment in people's lives. Harsh judgment to people with no compassion when people deal with addiction, deal with society's ways that say they demonize others. You know, sometimes you and I can be people on social media, and I've read a number of social medias from St. Patrick's parishioners. It's very embarrassing. What comes out of people's mouths and what they type is not Christ-like because they are willing to demonize people and say, you're not a real Catholic because you don't think this way, because you vote this way, or this is your belief. And sometimes you and I can be like the Pharisees and scribes who are mad at Jesus, mad at the church when anyone is given compassion. And I think we have to look at that in our lives. What comes out of our mouths? Why is it necessary to demonize people? Isn't it more important that Jesus is saying we accompany people we work on forgiveness and reconciling, but it doesn't mean you and I are the judge of all, and some Christians think they are the judge. And sometimes they tell, Jesus, step back, I'll take care of this for you. And what comes out of their mouths and their hearts is not very loving. Sometimes you and I can be like the community, that we're ready to tear people apart there. They say, did you see what those people did there? Do you know what they did to their family? We have to stand up for them. And they're ready to tell, tear people apart. So they say, through gossip and all, that, you know what? We're going to take care of this situation ourselves. And yet, the community is invited to celebrate. That sometimes you and I can be the community of obstacles that say, when that son shows up or that daughter shows up, we're going to take it into our own hands and teach them that lesson. But the community is invited to be transformed. And sometimes you and I can be the community that can rejoice when people find healing. It doesn't mean it happens right away. It's the long journey, the process. And of course, we know sometimes you and I can be the prodigal son or daughter. We just live a life of being lost. There's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of hard things. You could not pay me enough money to be a young person today. The challenges they have are just unbelievable, more so than ever before. And what they need then is to know that they're not, even when they're lost, that they matter. But sometimes you and I can be lost. Some of you have been away from the sacraments for different reasons. Sometimes you drifted away. Sometimes you have issues that really hurt you. And sometimes you say, hmm, I'm pretty indifferent what the church teaches or my faith expression right now. Wherever you're at, you know what? You have a place still. And sometimes you and I can just feel lost and not loved and not valued and worse yet, not accepted by the church. And sometimes we have to know that there's always the Father, but also people in the community 
who do take on the role of the Father. So wherever you're at in your spiritual life, sometimes you and I are lost and we can be just like the prodigal son. And to know that God never gives up on us. Some of you are just like the father. Do you know who I think about today, especially you parents? I am so glad I'm not a parent. I thank God every day because I couldn't do what you do. Can you think of the times that you have to go through humiliating love by your family members? And that might even include your children being humiliated by their parents and other family members. Get a phone call in the middle of the night from the police. That's pretty humiliating, huh? To know that someone's been arrested, someone has a drug addiction, someone has done things that embarrass the family name, whatever that is, whatever personal demons that people are going to, there's learning how to, have humi- to be humiliated. And that's what the father does. He is humiliated by the community. He's humiliated by the son that says, you're dead to me. He's humiliated when he's got to run and save his son from the community that's ready to tear him apart. And his own older son humiliates him. And he loves through that humiliation. So those of you who have to be humiliated and still love, maybe you're at that place right now. You know, at the last Mass, we had a lot of babies crying and stuff like that, you know? And I was telling them, when I grew up, my dad made me and the whole family sit in the front row. And so when you're a young teen there, and your, your baby sister's crying, dads or mom's got to get up through the whole church and scream loud and carry them all the way back. And you're so embarrassed. Oh, God, they're all looking at us, you know? Dad, we should sit in the back row, not in the front, you know? That's part of humiliating love. I didn't get mad at my sister. I said, well, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes, being part of a big family. And sometimes we find ourselves there that when we are humiliated and still love, doesn't mean it's easy, doesn't mean it's always perfect, but some of you might be so good at dealing with humiliating love, even when other people say, you should just cut them off. You know, there are times that you've got to look for help to make those big decisions, but Sometimes we might be like the father. Sometimes you and I might like be the older son. We do everything by the book. We do everything that the church tells us to do. We say our prayers and all, and God owes us. And yet the church reaches out to people who haven't earned it, who don't work on it on their own. They break the law. They do all these things, you know, so I don't even know why the church even bothers with people. They're so socialist now, it just disgusts me. Well, I don't know. But to tell you, other than sometimes we can be like the older son. I've done everything you've asked, Father. But that doesn't mean people love God with their hearts. And sometimes you and I can find ourselves that way when we become jealous or upset or angry that people who aren't sorry enough, they didn't go to confession 50 times, they're still struggling with their sin, and everyone in the family and the community knows it, but somehow Father still gives them communion. Why does that happen? Well... That's the mercy of God. And sometimes we can be like the older son, not in a good way. Not willing to accept that people can be lost and can be found in God's time. And so today I ask you, where are you at? Where do you see yourself? Just choose one area. Jesus tells the parable today, not just to paint a nice picture and say, oh, God loves you no matter what. Good luck. Have a nice life. See you next Sunday. Jesus is saying, where are you at? What person are you in today's story?
Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 